Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotional. I wonder what you think the term forgiveness means. And how have you experienced it? Have you received forgiveness? Have you had to extend forgiveness to someone? Um, How has that gone for you? And what does that mean to you when you hear that term, forgiveness? Tim Keller, a pastor that I often quote, has written somewhere, a culture promoting self-maximization, one that pits self-fulfillment against self-sacrifice, will usually produce revenge or withdrawal as a response to any mistreatment. While a counterculture teaching self-renunciation will much more likely produce forgiveness as a response to mistreatment. Wow. I wonder sometimes what would happen if we all began to forgive as Jesus forgave. He was rejected, reviled, mistreated, abused, put to death even. Um, And yet, even on the cross, there he is saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Forgiveness. What a beautiful and wonderful aspect of the Christian faith. C.S. Lewis uh, had something to say about forgiveness as well. This is from the essay, The Weight of Glory. Some of you would be familiar with that essay. And I'm reading this from A Year with C.S. Lewis, which is a daily reader that... uh, um, draws from a, a, across the, the body of uh, C.S. Lewis's writings. But this one in particular on forgiveness. I find that when I think I am asking God to forgive me, I am often in reality, unless I watch myself very carefully, asking him to do something quite different. And see, this gets at the heart again of the meaning of forgiveness. What is it? What do you understand it to be? And, and Lewis is so brilliant at helping us understand that. He says, sometimes I think I'm asking him to forgive me, but I'm often in reality doing something else. I'm asking him not to forgive me, but to excuse me. But there is all the difference in the world between forgiving and excusing. Mm. Forgiveness says, quote, yes, you have done this thing, but I accept your apology I will never hold it against you, and everything between us two will be exactly as it was before. End quote. Wow, that's that's really powerful. Uh, Lewis goes on to say, but excusing, on the other hand, says, I see that you couldn't help it or didn't mean it. You weren't really to blame. End quote. Oh, wow. <laughs> If one was not really to blame, then there is nothing to forgive. In that sense, forgiveness and excusing are almost opposites. (laughs) Of course, in dozens of cases, either between God and man or between one man and another, there may be a mixture of the two. And of course, he uses man in the generic sense. And so it might be between God and you sisters out there. Uh, or between uh, you and another person. It could be your spouse, could be a friend, could be a coworker, could be somebody that you're just having conflict with. Um, and he says, so in dozens of cases between God and man or between one man and another, there may be a mixture of the two. Part of what seemed at first to be the sins turns out to be really nobody's fault and is excused 
the bit that is left over is forgiven. But the trouble is that what we call asking God's forgiveness very often really consists in asking God to accept our excuses. What leads us into this mistake is the fact that there usually is some amount of excuse, some extenuating circumstances, and we are so very anxious to point these out to God and to ourselves, as a matter of fact, that we are apt to forget the really important thing. That is the bit left over, the bit which the excuses do not cover, the bit which is inexcusable, but not, thank God, unforgivable. Oh, yeah, that's so beautiful. He goes on to say, and if we forget this, we shall go away imagining that we have repented and been forgiven when all that has really happened is that we have satisfied ourselves with our own excuses. They may be very bad excuses. We are all too easily satisfied about ourselves. <laughs> Once again, Lewis, uh, able to cut right to the chase. He's got us, doesn't he? Uh, maybe you can relate to how I feel <laughs> reading that. But we have to take to the Lord the inexcusable bit and confess that as sin. And the, the beautiful thing about the gospel, the, the wonderful, the glorious thing about the gospel that makes repentance a joy to Bible-believing Christians. It makes repentance and, and going before God and confessing our sins an actual joy in our hearts is that we know from Scripture what God's response will be to our confession of sin. And when we go to Him and confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, as 1 John 1, 9 tells us and goes on to say, and to cleanse us from all of it. See, that's so powerful. And I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you struggle with. I don't know what besetting temptation you have had um, that you have confessed over and over and over and over to him time and time again, whether it's anger, greed, uh, lust, whatever it might be. I just want you to know this. God says you do your part, which is confess your sins. That is to agree with him about your sin. And God says, believe in him, trust in him. He will do his part, which if we confess his sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. That's such a beautiful promise to you and to me on this very day, no matter what, again, you struggle with or have struggled with or will struggle with later today, please know this for the Christian, for the Bible-believing Christian, repentance is a way of life. So don't be surprised when the Holy Spirit taps you on the shoulder and says, uh-oh, hold on one more time. Let's get back on our knees. Let's confess this again to the Lord. And let's receive a fresh measure of His grace mercy, and forgiveness. It's a beautiful thing, a majestic, wonderful, lovely thing about the Christian faith. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you that your mercies are new every morning. 
and that this morning your mercies were new. And that we can look forward to tomorrow morning, your mercies being new yet once again. Thank you, Lord, uh, for inviting us to trust you, to believe in you, to um, respond to the gospel in faith. And as we do that, Holy Spirit, I just pray uh, that you will be working in my heart and the heart of my brothers and sisters here who might be listening or watching today to help us to walk in the freedom of your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, for his sake, for his glory. Amen and amen. God bless you. Daily Devotions with Pastor Jim Thomas is a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. If you find this daily devotional beneficial, leave a review and share it with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas. Music by Phil Kagey.